0: Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Let me ask you today, how many of you feel like fasting and praying? Yeah, well... You know, sometimes that's even a challenge, right? But, you know, we, we, sh- we don't listen to what we feel like. You know that our feelings can lie to us. Our feelings can deceive us. Have you ever thought something about somebody and you think, oh, well, they just don't like me or they, they didn't say hello to me when I said hi and maybe their mind was somewhere else and we can go off on our feelings. But what we need to do is we, we have to come back to the truth. The truth is a standard and you know many people have fasted in the old testament the new testament jesus fasted 40 days before he began his public ministry and the disciples fasted and many believers today are fasting right jesus said and this is a scripture that al used last week matthew 6 16 and when and he emphasizes when not if you fast, but when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled, and so people will, will admire them for their fasting. And he goes on to say that's the only reward that they're going to get. And so our fasting and prayer is not so that we can, uh, you know, have impress people with things. But our fasting and, and prayer is so that we connect with Him on a greater level. You know, I was heard from a person one time, we don't believe in corporate fasting for any length of time. And the reason I'm bringing these things up is because if you've never thought this, or if you don't understand why we fast, or you talk to people, you work with people, and they, why are you fasting? Well, let me tell you why. There's many examples in the Bible, um, and they had, a, they had a huge impact. And so we're going through this season of prayer and fasting so that the Lord can reveal some things to us, so that the Lord can expose some things, maybe in our lives or the things that are going on around us that we need to know. Ezra 8, 21 through 23, he, Ezra called the Israelites to a corporate fast for protection and safety as they traveled approximately 900 miles from Babylon to Jerusalem. They knew that they were going to be in perilous situations potentially and, they said, and he said, let's fast and pray for protection and safety. Jonah, you know about Jonah, right? God said go to Nineveh and tell the people there that I'm going to sh- destroy the city in 40 days. And you know the uh, Nineveh was was occupied by the Assyrians and they were enemies of Israel. And Jonah said I'm not going over there. I think his attitude would have been let them burn. I don't care. Destroy them. They are enemies. I don't care anything about them. And so he got on a ship and and went the opposite direction. And then you know the story. God caused a great storm to come up. And he had already told some of the people on the ship, I'm running from my God. And they woke him up and they said, hey, what's going on? He said, it's me. You know, it's, it's me. Just throw me overboard. They threw him overboard and suddenly, instantly, the storm quit. That's a whole testimony in its own to those men that saw what happened. And then you know the story he was swallowed up by a big fish he had this repentance to the lord and the fish spit him out on the beach said now go to Nineveh and he obeyed this time and and so he, he went and he told the people of Nineveh he said God's going to destroy you in 40 days if you don't repent but here's what's really interesting in that story the king of Nineveh these are ungodly people. They don't, they don't serve the same God that, that Jonah serves, right? The king of Nineveh took it very seriously. And he said, we're going to fast and pray. Even your animals are going to fast and pray for a season. You're not going to eat anything or drink anything. And they even put on burlap, sackcloth, as, as a sign of their repentance and their sorrow. And they even put burlap on the animals. This king was taking this seriously. Someone that that worshipped pagan idols was taking the word of the Lord and saying, Hey, wait a minute. We need to seriously repent. And you know the story. They repented and God relented. And he spared them. On uh, December 17th. I talked about uh, 2 Chronicles 20, 3 and 4, where uh, King Jehoshaphat of Judah heard that there was a huge army coming against him, and he was fearful, very fearful. And so he called the people, he ordered everyone to fast and pray. And then there was a prophet among them and said, know that the Lord is going to defeat your enemies. And so Jehoshaphat even encouraged the army and the, the people, and he said, you know just stay strong in the Lord and they got to the lookout point and they saw that the enemy had turned on themselves and destroyed one another what did they do they fasted and prayed they trusted God and then if you read on in that story it talks about that they went and they plundered all all the the goods from the army it took them three days to get all the plunder to gather all the spoils God did that. But listen, when we get serious about prayer, when we get serious about the things that are going on in our life, when we get serious about the things that are going on in this country, in the world, God takes note. Because I think we've come to a place of casual with the Lord. I think we've come. We've promoted, uh, some churches have promoted this, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, consumerism. I've come to consume. I put my $5 in the bucket. I've been entertained. I want the, the music to be entertaining. But am I willing to sacrifice? Am I willing to give anything? Is it just about what I can get? We need to be careful who we listen to and what teachings we listen to. Because there's all kinds of stuff out there. People are teaching all kinds of things. Some of the teachings are great and good, biblical. But there's stuff out there that's just a little bit of a twist off. Think about what Satan did to to Adam and Eve. Did God really say you can't eat of any of the trees in the garden? Well, of course not. That's not what he said. And so the enemy can take things and twist it, just plant a little seed... That gets us off track, so we need to be careful who we listen to, and what we we take into our ear gates, our ear gates. <laughs> I'm thinking here, eye gates, ear gates. What are we receiving into our hearts? So, not everything that is labeled Christi, Christian or Christianity is biblical. So we always need to take everything back to the Word. And what does the Word say? It may not be what we feel like it should say. It may not be what we want it to say. But we have to take that in and say, this is what the Word says. How do I apply this in my life? How do I apply this in my situation? Now, one of the things that Al said last week, he said, there probably won't be anybody who will ask you if you're fasting. I will. I will. I'm going to ask you, are you fasting? If you're a part of this church, I've asked you to fast. There's a purpose and a reason that we're doing it. And it's up to you to to seek the Lord and let Him show you what to do. And listen, let me say this too. When I talk about I'm fasting or we've been fasting or whatever, please hear me. I'm not trying to be braggadocious in any manner. But I want you to understand that, that I'm doing that because it's important. And I want you to always understand that I'm not talking just to you. I'm in this with you. And it's not, well, do what I say. Paul said, do what you see me doing. And that's the kind of servant leadership we, we have in this church. It's not just, oh, well, go fast, go pray. Go. You know, we live it and we example it. We're all in this together. And so I never want you to think, if I, if I say something that I'm coming across braggadocious, because I promise you, I never intend to do that. I want you to know that I'm in the trenches with you. So this season is directed by the Lord, and He has a purpose. And when the Lord called us to, to, to start this church, you know, it wasn't something that we thought of. One day. Oh, hey, let's start a church. Wouldn't that be cool? God called us to do this. And we're very serious about the calling of God. And we're very serious about what God has called us to do. And it's to train, equip, and release. And so these messages on Sunday morning are geared and they're designed that they remind us who we are. Even the worship. You're a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. We have heard that At this church, that song hundreds of times probably. But you know what? When we hear these songs and when we hear these messages, it's so that we are reminded. Do you ever need some reminding of who you are in Christ and what He's done for you and the power and the dominion and the authority that God has given to you? Do you ever need reminders of that? And then secondarily, it's not just so that we're reminded and that we're proclaiming these things to ourselves. But so that we're trained and equipped. And so when we go out in the, in the workplace, in the marketplace, we can help people. We're built up. We're shored up. We're filled up. And then we can go and pour out to others. And so we have better understanding when somebody says, well, why are you fasting? You can tell them why. You can begin to, to reach into their hearts and lives and say, this is why I fast. Because I'm seeking the Lord on some things. So... We're one-third of the way through. How are you doing? Everybody doing okay? Like I said, don't listen to your flesh, but listen to your body. Okay? Uh, Because your flesh will tell you all kinds of things. Your feelings will tell you all kinds of things. Your emotions will tell you all kinds of things. And God is calling right now somebody. (laughs) (laughs) So we begin on the 7th of January, and we'll end on the 28th. And uh, please join us as the Lord leads you. The goal is to fast, pray, and seek the Lord. I want to talk about our mission for, for a second. Uh, our mission is to develop, maintain a model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. As we fast and pray, we are being developed. As we fast and pray, we are maintaining this relationship. As we fast and pray, we are modeling to others, but also to ourselves. You know, one of the things that comes from fasting is we understand the gravity and and the uh, influence of our flesh. And we don't acquiesce to our flesh. We need to be following the Spirit of God, not what our flesh says. And our vision, which is a result of our mission, is to become disciples who will impact the world with the love of Jesus Christ. And so as we get filled up, as we grow in this relationship with the Lord, it's it's coming out of us. It's oozing out of our pores, our spiritual pores. And so, I encourage all of you to pick up a list over there, and uh, uh, of why we're of what we're fasting and praying about, and um, you know, take one home, take one, at, take one, and and uh, with you to work or wherever you need to go. We we can print some more of those out. But it's really important that we engage with Him because I think the the coming years, uh, we're going to need some strength. And so I want to go through the items to pray for during this season of prayer and fasting. Pray that the Lord will show you all areas you are not yielding to Him. Because I'm pretty sure that all of us maybe have some areas, some little pockets maybe that we're not yielding to the Lord totally. And uh, ask Him to help you. Ask him to help you submit your life to him, and these areas maybe that uh, that you've been holding on to for ages, for decades. You know, maybe the Lord is working something out of your heart and out of your life. And I know that He is. When we yield to Him and we ask Him for His help, because we, if we could do it on our own, we would, right? And so we're asking Him to help us. Pray that the Lord will show you what's needed for your marriage. Oh, there, there have been times when I wake up and I, I pray for my wife. I said, Lord, what does she need? I, I, I know what I need, some of the things I need, but what does she need? I need to pray for her because I know she has challenges because I know sometimes I can be the challenge. <laughs> but seriously, we, we need to be praying for our marriages. They're under great attack. Pray for your family, your children. Yes, they should be praying for themselves. But maybe you see some things, some areas in their life that need development. Hey, they're really they're really gifted for this. I need to encourage them in that. Or I need to provide some, some tools or something that, that would help them. Or maybe there's some areas of challenge in their life and they need some help. Hey, son or daughter, what, what's going on? How can how can I help you navigate through this whatever that may be and your family that that we all be healed and strengthened because we all have broken places in our lives and I've talked a lot recently about filters you know our filters from our woundedness and things like that can have a tremendous impact on our relationship with the Lord how we view things how we receive things rejection is one of the things that's so devastating and I see people that are, are, are deeply wounded and pride and arrogance can slip in when there's a, a lot of insecurity because I need to prove myself who I am. And, and so, you know, the Lord can help us with these kinds of things. Pray that the Lord will give us clear direction on, for our building project and abundant resources to facilitate His plans. You know, I mean, I was thinking uh, last night about how God has given us this land and the and, uh, mineral rights are paying 70 to 75% of our mortgage payment. That's amazing. You know, God, God does those kinds of things. And he, he says in his word, we have not because we ask not sometimes. And so let's be praying and saying, Lord God, this, this is a, a big project for us, for a small church. And, and so we need your help. We need your finances. Like God is working behind the scenes doing some things. So we need to continue to press in. Think about some of the people that I just talked about. When they, when they really needed to hear from God, when they really needed protection, when they really needed something, they took it seriously. They took it to the Lord and they said, Lord, we need some help here. We need, some, we need you to defend us. Many times all they did was praise. All they did was worship. All they did was stay still and wait on the Lord, watching him move. Pray for all believers throughout the world to be protected and to have abundant provision for their needs. We are so blessed in this country, sometimes we forget or we don't know or we don't recognize the difficulties that people are going through in other, other nations, on other continents. Pray for our nation's protection and that boldly godly men and women would lead our country back to the Lord. You know, we don't talk politics here. We, our, our political stance is we're, we're of the kingdom of God. Amen. But we live here. We have a vested interest in what takes place here. So we need to pray for our leaders, our, our political leaders, our governmental leaders. You need to pray for our spiritual leaders, too. They are under attack. When, if you don't have any, anything to pray about, pray for Pastor Christine and I. Pray for us. Journal and record the things the Lord is showing and speaking to you because the Lord is, is speaking to you for a reason. There's a purpose. And so journal those things, and, and uh, you may not go back and read them, or you may. So now that I've started the intro, here's, we're starting a new series today called Priorities." And I want us to be serious about our priorities. I know you know, people make goals at the beginning of the year and things like that, and those are all fine and, and dandy, but we need to make sure that we're putting all the big rocks in the jar if you've heard that example we need to make sure that we're taking care of the important things first because our relationship with the lord and what he's doing in our lives has a direct bearing and impact on everything else and so sometimes we put everything else first and then the lord down here and we wonder why everything up here is all messed up so when we put him first when we make him a priority Things fall into place. I'm not listen. I'm not saying you never have any challenges, but I am saying that we need to make Him first in our life. And so my my first point is God created us to have an authentic relationship with Him. Genesis, God created everything. The Lord created you, specific, special, and and very unique. In fact, look at your neighbor. They may be a little uncomfortable, but just look at them. Take note of them. They look differently. They act differently. They have a different personality or different skin color than you. But God has created all of us unique. In Genesis, four times, four times, let's look at this. Then God said, let us make, there's one, human beings in our image to be like us. So if you ever get into a discussion of, well, we came from an amoeba and a monkey and all this other stuff, ask them, do you believe the Bible? And if they say, yeah, say, well, let's go back to Genesis here. And if they don't believe in the Bible, then there's probably no point. Okay, so don't get into foolish arguments with people. If you don't have the same standard, don't even, you know, pray for them. I'm not saying don't talk to them, but you're you're never going to get anywhere if you're not using the same standard. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign. We're called to reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So we've been given dominion. But we need direction sometimes from the Lord on how to manage the things that we are called to rule and reign over. It's an important responsibility that God has given us. And and it's not just the animals, it's our family. It's a responsibility that God has given us to uh, do whatever He's called us to do. He's given all of His giftings. Are we using those giftings for the Lord? So God created human beings, that's number two in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Is it, are we able to grasp this? I mean, it's pretty clear. So that's three. Male and female, He created them. So there should be no misunderstanding whatsoever that God created us. God created you individually. If He wanted you to be and act like somebody else, maybe He would have made you a twin but even if you look at twins they're different so God has created all of us individually because all of us have a gifting and a calling that he's called us to and and the most important thing is our relationship with him and and so you know I don't understand why there's all this confusion about sexual identity gender identity and binary and all this other stuff I mean it's pretty clear it's not rocket science but see it's not about the science it's about the confusion of the enemy trying to come in and destroy people's lives destroy families destroy marriages then god blessed them and said be fruitful and multiply fill the earth and govern it reign over the fish in the sea the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. And we know in Genesis, the Lord would come and and walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. I don't think it was to chastise them or beat them up like some people think God is all about. No, he came down to walk with them, to hang out with them. There was relationship there. And I wonder what some of those conversations would have been like. Hey, try this. This is a peach. Take a bite of it. Here's an apple. Here's a grape. Here's an onion. You know, whatever it may have been, but God had this relationship with them. And he wants to have a relationship with us, with you. So God created us to have an authentic relationship with him. Quality relationships are a priority and require spending time together. And so, in this season of prayer and fasting, the purpose is greater connection with Him. Deeper relationship with Him. Spiritual growth. That we grow spiritually. Fasting and prayer should not be a chore or a religious duty it should be a time of refreshing where we quiet our minds and we just spend time with the lord and we should be doing that you know throughout our life not just in january but there's a shift in us and in how the lord sees us when we intentionally put things aside to seek him and you've been fasting you know it's, it, it, you're intentionally saying, I'm not going to eat. I'm just going to drink water for a season, whatever that is for you. And then the important part is intentionally spending time with him. Yes. It's not a religious thing. It's a relational thing. And so there's something that happens in our hearts and our lives when we do that. And I think that the Lord sees something in our hearts and lives, when we genuinely are seeking Him, intentionally seeking Him. I mean, I just read a few examples in the Old Testament. And we see in the New Testament where when when people would press into God, He would move. Family, this is what we need to see happen in our communities. This, This is what you need to see happen in your workplace. Maybe even in your family. A friend of mine said, Well, I've been fasting and whenever I've fasted, I I haven't really heard anything from the Lord. Now I thought about this. Consider this a child or grandchild comes and climbs into your lap. Why? They they simply desire to be with you. When I see Elias and he reaches out to me and comes running up and grabs my leg, how does that make me feel? I love that because there's that relational connection that we have and 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 you feel these are some of the ways you feel maybe that you feel loved feel honored you feel trusted that this is a safe place this is a safe relationship it's a demonstration of connection to that child or grandchild's relationship with you now you're not bribing them with chocolate candy or money or anything. They're, they're just coming up because they want to be with you. They're taking the steps. They are intentionally reaching out to you because there's this relationship that's important. So if we feel those kinds of feelings, how do you think God feels? When we say, God, I, I'm not coming to you to ask for anything or get anything from you. I I just want to spend some time with you. We may not receive any great revelation or word from the Lord. Although we may. Even though we may not feel anything or physically see anything happening, I'm pretty sure that there's something going on, that the Lord is doing something in our life and in our relationship with him, which has an impact on all of our relationships. Prayer and fasting is a sacrifice. Fasting and prayer is not easy. Have you ever tried to pray for like two hours? Have you ever tried to pray for 15 minutes? All the things that are going, well, you need to be doing this. You need to be doing that. You need to, the phone's ringing. Nah, somebody's there. Ta- there are a lot of distractions. We have to be intentional in seeking the Lord. A sacrifice requires of us. I think about the, the setup team. Cliff and, and the setup team. Those things start rolling like at 7, 7.30 in the morning. Sacrifice. And they're doing it for the Lord, first of all. But secondly, for us, they're making a space available for us so that we can come and gather together, commune together, share together, worship together. The Tech Arts team, they get here early every week to set up. Let me ask you this. You think they feel like it every time? It's 45 degrees out there. I don't know if I really feel like it today what's our commitment to the Lord is it all about us or is there a greater picture here that we may not see they're sacrificing many of you are sacrificing you get here early or maybe you stay late and help clean up or whatever fasting and prayer is a sacrifice that the Lord honors we're demonstrating that we are seriously seeking him as we fast and pray as we put things aside When in dire need, we should fast and pray. Desperate situations call for desperate measures. That's a good time to fast and pray. Do you think we might be experiencing some of those things today? Look at the condition of the church. Look at the condition of the world. There's some desperate things going on, and we can bury our head in the sand and and ignore it. It doesn't go away there's a, a spiritual agenda to take you out i hate the enemy i hate him he destroys lives and marriages and families he, he gets people to buy into his agendas that are destructive i got a call last week from a, a pastor in zimbabwe and pastor christine and i hosted him probably thirty years ago Pastor Don had had him come to Corpus Christi Christian Fellowship, and he said, would you would you take in Pastor? Uh, Marshall for a couple of weeks and we're like sure We'll do that So I would go to work and Pastor Christine would take uh, Pastor Marshall and they would go go into town to Corpus Christi Christian Fellowship He would spend time with them and he called me and he said man I'm try- I've been trying to get a hold of you, but I-, I haven't been able to reach you and He said man, you know all these years ago when we spent time together it really blessed me it really blessed me and i said well marshall when you were here it was a blessing to us and uh you know one of the things i remember we had a, a plastic cup like from taco bell or Whataburger or something right and he said you know we just do it in the trust he said those things are valuable in zimbabwe He said you don't really realize the magnitude of the blessings that you have to live in this country and as we as we talked the other day I felt like he was really discouraged I felt like he needed some encouragement he told me they have 96 percent unemployment 400 percent inflation he said I I don't know what to do he said we've been we've been plowing the ground here for and praying for the government for 20 years that they would change I said Marshall you have 250 people there in your church and he was telling me the spirit of God was pouring out mightily but the people are suffering they're groaning under the weight and I said look I'm not in your situation so I can't tell you what you need to do It's easy for me to to be over here and say, Well, you just need to keep on, brother. But I said, Thank you. I want to encourage you to keep on. Because that one group of people may change that country. So when I say we need to be praying for believers. All across the world I'm serious we need to be praying for Pastor Marshall and those people he said they have to drive many of them have to drive across the border for work or to buy things and bring them back to Zimbabwe to sell to try to make a living he said if you want to put your child in a private school it's a thousand dollars a month the average income is $400 a month he said people are leaving because they can't survive I have a feeling they probably fast and pray. I have a feeling that we need to fast and pray for people like that. People like Pastor Marshall in Zimbabwe, dealing with things that we can't even begin to comprehend. We're praying for the Fergusons, Kobe and Shani, that we support in Israel. We're praying for Uh, Pastor Mohan in India. Things are getting really tough there. the, The government is trying to push out all the Christians and Muslims. We're praying for Pastor Don and the tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of pastors that TFI is investing in bringing them the Christ-centered message, teaching them how to teach Christ, not all these other things that we've exported out, the prosperity message and all this other stuff. They're going into places that are dangerous. So we're supporting uh, Malz in Israel. We're supporting TFI. We're supporting Pastor Mohan. We're supporting the Simpsons in Africa. They've been here. All these people have been here. And you've heard some of their stories about the challenges and the dangers that they face. Not just them, but their children as well. But we've also heard how God has moved mightily in their midst. Fasting and prayer should be something on a, that we do on a regular basis as the Lord leads. Sometimes I wake up and I'm like, I think I ought to fast for a day. Or Fast. And I don't know how long I'm going to fast, and I'll feel maybe a release that evening. Go ahead and and eat. Or maybe I'll go for two or three days. We need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit because it matters. People's lives matter. Your family matters. Your marriages matter. Your neighbors matter. The community we live in matters. We're not going to have the opportunity when we get to heaven to come back and do the things that God has called us to do now. There should be some passion there should be some excitement there should be some action so what about spending time with the Lord just to spend time with him would that be okay if we don't receive some great revelation or a word from the Lord I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes just close your eyes you don't have to bow your head and think about these questions I want you to really think about these would it be okay To just sit and be held, spiritually held by the Lord. Would that be okay? If you just sat and were held by Him? Would it be okay to just allow Him to speak to you while you listen? Would it be okay to just be with Him without any conversation? Okay, you can look up. Time with us is what our Father desires most. Oftentimes, um, we don't realize the need that we have. You may think, well, I'm too busy. Well, you may be busy. But we need to intentionally carve out time to spend with Him so my first point is God created us to have an authentic relationship with him you know we're gonna talk about relationship probably every week our mission develop maintain and model personal intimacy with him and that comes through this relationship it never happens through religion or rituals or any of that it only comes through our relationship quality relationships are a priority and require spending time together just like your family your spouse we need to spend time with the Lord obedience to him is a reflection of our relationship and it's a blessing for us and we don't spend time with God because of what we can get but we spend time with him because we have this relationship and then there is a benefit for us peace joy strength encouragement genesis 2 1 through 3 so the creation of heavens and the earth, and everything in them was completed. Verse 2, on the seventh day, God had finished His work of creation, so He rested from all His work. Verse 3, and God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when He rested from all of His work of creation. He even created a day of rest for us. One of the Ten Commandments, we are to, to keep the Sabbath. We're to rest Take a day off. We all need a day off. We all need some time off. I work on Sunday. Sunday's a work day for me. So I take another day off. It's important that that we get our tanks filled up. our, Our physical, our emotional, our spiritual, our mental tanks. Because many of us have been running on empty. We don't have anything to give. There's nothing there but fumes. So we need to make sure that we're filling those tanks up so that God can uh, pour through us. That there's something there in in the tanks. There's something in the reservoir to give out. But not only that, but so that we're filled up. This is our life. This is your life today. This is your chance today to go out and live it. This is your day to make an impact at, at the cashier at HEB. Exodus 31, 12 and 13, the Lord gave them, gave these instructions to Moses. Tell the people of Israel, be careful to keep my Sabbath day, for the Sabbath is a sign of the covenant between me and you from generation to generation. What does that mean? That means that they would take a day off and everything would get done. Think about this. Think about Chick-fil-A closed on Sundays the busiest day of the week probably for them for restaurants and they make i've heard what 10 times more than any other fast food restaurant and they're closed on sunday see god's economy and the way god works is not logical and reasonable to us and so that thing that you've been working on and fretting over maybe god's going to take care of it where on monday morning you don't even have to deal with it i'm preaching to me too Don't look at me like that. (laughs) And so he goes on to say, It's given so you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. Who makes us holy. How are we made holy? By the blood of Christ and the righteousness that we have. And we know that the new covenant is, is made through the blood of Christ. He said, This is a covenant. This proves the covenant that you take the day off. But we know that there's another covenant, a new covenant made through Christ. And we read this when we talk about communion. In the same way, 1 Corinthians 11:25. 25. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people. The covenant is made through the blood of Christ, covering our sins, And so we have this relationship because of what Christ has done. That's the covenant that God has made with us through the blood of Christ. Paul goes on to write, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. So God has made a covenant with us, not because we're so wonderful, because we live such perfect lives, because we don't, but it's through the blood of Christ. And that's why it's so important that we have this understanding of what Christ has done for us on the cross. We should honor the Lord with our time, talents, and treasure. We honor the Lord by attending church. We're giving of our time. We're saying, hey, the first day of the week, I'm going I'm to honor God with my time to come to church. Spend time with Him. Spend time with my, my family. Worship engage with him we we honor uh, the lord by serving giving our talents a setup team the tech arts team you know all those guys serving god we honor god by returning the first 10 percent of our increase back to him that's his he says i give you 100 percent. i just want 10 percent back that's a pretty good deal we honor god and then god blesses you know, I know a lot of people in church they have problems with tithing. Well, go read Malachi. He says, that belongs to me. And if when you do that, I promise to supernaturally bless you. So when I talk about tithing, it's not because, well, we need money. Well, we need money to run the church, of course. But I want to see you blessed. I want to see you super abundantly blessed. So that we can be a blessing to others. Obedience to him is a reflection of our relationship and is a blessing for us. Jesus said, "If you love me, you will keep my commandments." me he said it another way. I guess if we don't love him, we won't keep his commandments.